Good morning, church. So this morning, we just want to encourage you, continue to encourage you in some of the things that the eldership and pastor have been talking about for the past couple of weeks. So we're pressing and we're pushing in until we see the testimony of God. Amen. Amen. And last week or the week before, Pastor Tony spoke something about our reach. And he actually had a demonstration by just kind of extending his arm and saying that if you extend your arm and you kind of just go around like that, that's your reach. And trying to make a difference within our reach. Amen. And Rav and I this morning, we just want to build on that, um, that uh, message that Pastor Tony gave. And hopefully, as we are being encouraged, and we know some of us are already going out there and touching lives and making difference in people's lives, hopefully we will all kind of get out there. Amen. Amen. So the title of our message this morning is Impacting Our Reach. And we will be speaking to you from, um, um, a key text will be from Matthew from, uh, chapter 5. And it says that you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. But the thing with salt is, salt is salt. It's in its nature to be salt. So it is in our nature to be what God wants us to be. We have the DNA, we carry the DNA of Jesus. Amen. So whatever we need to do, it's already in our nature. Amen. All right. Okay. When you continue from that, uh, this thing, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, uh, verse 13, on uh, verse 14, it says that you are the light of the world. A light, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand it gives its light to all who are in the house hallelujah verse 16 says that let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven hallelujah Mm -hmm. i want to dwell on this let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. What is light? No. When I was looking at this, I was thinking, no, when you go to every house, you see that as soon as you go into the, into the house, or when it's may, nighttime or dark, you know, it's dark, you first look for the light switch. And where is the light bulb uh, situated? In the center of the house, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right where, as soon as you light it, every part of almost every part of the building or the room should be able to receive some light hallelujah and that is what we need to become we need to be in a position no matter how small you think you are you should be in a position where you are that attractive that your light shines in its surrounding hallelujah as we are here as we are in Dresden, we need to make that impact that our light shines in our environment First, maybe in this uh, draws in and then extend you know, elsewhere, we, you know, our reach. The reach, reach can be from 
you know, it varies. It can be so close to you. And the more you extend, the more you reach. Hallelujah. Okay. I've said something important um, things about light. Light gives vision. No, light gives vision. Light gives clarity. It exposes darkness. This world, these days, this world is full of darkness. And if we are the light of the world, we need to make our light shine. Amen. We need to make the difference. You know, because sometimes you realize that we end up trying to blend in. When we are with the people of God, we let our light shine. When we are in the world, we try to blend in. And that is not how it's supposed to be. When Jesus came, you realize that everywhere he went, people realized he was different. And he was attracting people. He was attractive. Hallelujah. So that is how we have to become, make ourselves become. Okay. And then light gives a sense of purpose, brings life to situations. Hallelujah. Okay. In John 8, uh, 12, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, uh, again, uh, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light of life. Hallelujah. So as we are the people of God and we carry the, you know, Christ in us, everywhere we go, people shall not see darkness, but shall see life, light. And then that light will bring life to them. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Our presence should help people to walk in the light and not in darkness. Okay, okay we continue. Um, so, what we continue to say is that... Um, Can I just add yeah. that, you know, the, the, the importance of the light, you as a light being attractive is it gives you an, an opportunity to get into people's lives. Amen. One, you, there are some animals that they will always seek to draw towards the light. Now, the importance of you being a light is that you are able to draw people to yourself. And it's not just about drawing people to yourself, but then it's that opportunity that that gives you to be able to either bring light, like Ralph said before, either bring vision or clarity or purpose to something that in that person's life. Amen. So the attractiveness, the importance of you being attractive is that it gives you an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. So you're not just, light is not just there for the sake of being there. It has a purpose. So must we also follow in that purpose. Amen. Okay. Um, to add to that, um, you know, last two weeks, two weeks ago or so, when Pastor Tony was talking about social media and so on, we uh, realized that these days, um, one, one thing I, I realized that, you know, um, we need to realize or be conversant with the times that we are in. These days, it's more of social media or it's more of internet. Everything is internet. Before, this, uh, years past, it used to be you have to go out, you have to do this, you know. There, there, were dif there was different way of doing things. But these days, you realize that it's become even easier. And social media, or you, you, you realize that when you go on, the, on your phone or on the internet, 
it's blogs or it's um, groups of people coming together, oh, old school group, uh, this group, that group, and so on. And that is how people are now linking together. And we can use that. We can let our light shine on those platforms. Like um, a year ago or so, um, where I used to go to school, they, they formed a, a, a block, and um, all the old boys, you know, block. And we came together. It's like, oh, where have you been? How, how, how are you? And so on. And then it was a way of linking us together. But we realized that when we used to be in school, there were some really bad boys. Really bad boys. And now they came on the block and some of them are pastors, some of them are reverends and reverend. And then people, you know, when we started the block, people started putting any rubbish on it. But those people stood up. The pastors and so on, they stood up and said, Look, this is not a place for it. They you know every morning they bring scriptures, you know, try to encourage people. And all of a sudden, nobody just puts anything on it. You know. So they let their presence. No, they, they make their presence be felt on the block. Mm -hmm. And now it's impacting people. I don't know how many um, lives have been changed through what they put on it, but they are making an impact. And in the same way, when we go to our social groups or when you have you know, maybe your school group or your work group or so on, there are little things that we can do to have that impact, to let our light shine, mm -hmm. to make so that we just don't blend in. Everybody just put anything there, and then you just laugh and go over it. But we let our presence, you know, be felt. We make our presence felt on it. Hallelujah. So we continue, and um, in, in addition to letting our light shine, one thing I want to also talk about is um, uh, faith with works. We realize that our work in the Lord requires faith and then bible says that faith without works is dead you want to read um so i know we all know the scripture in james 2 14 to 26 but just kind of narrowing down to 15 16 and 17 it says that if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace be worn and filled but you do not give them the things you, which are needed for the body. What does it profit? That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, is dead. And if you go down to 26, it says that for us, the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is also dead. Yeah. So as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Um. What I want to say here is that we have faith, you know, as you are, in, you know, as you are in Christ, God has given you that measure, you know, that little measure of faith. But we need to work on it because it says faith without works is dead. How can you say that, you know, you have faith but there's nothing to show for it? There's nothing to show for it. We need to add some work to it to bring life to the situation, to bring life to what we say we believe in. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And then, um, so the. <laughs> It's very important that whether you are salt or whether you are light, if you do not add, if you do not do what you're supposed to do, then it's, it's, it doesn't profit anyone. So your faith, you can have faith, you know, like a, a, a full of, full of this building, 
full of faith. But if you don't associate it with any works, then it doesn't bring life. And what we're talking about is going out there and bringing the message of life to Christ. Uh, Sorry, the message of life to people. And that is Christ. Amen. And so if we know, if we have all the information and we know all the knowledge and we keep it in our head, the lives are not going to be transformed. And this morning, one of the things we really want to emphasize is that sometimes you don't have to think about the, you know, the, the ocean. Sometimes it's just around you. There's so many things around you. And this morning, what we want to encourage you to, to do is, or to start thinking on this. Not th- overthinking it or overcomplicating it. That reaching lives and changing lives around you can be so easy and so simple by the way you live. That opens doors and opportunities for you to have an impact on other people's life. lives. Do not overthink it or overcomplicate it. It's really, really simple. And hopefully as we go through, you'll be able to get that and begin to change your mindset or your attitude or begin to see things just as they are, but begin to see things through the eyes of Christ. Amen. Begin to see people around you through the eyes of Christ. Begin to put the purpose of God to your everyday walk. Amen. We've just got a a video that we just want to share with you before we continue. Like a car that doesn't drive. A traveler who never leaves town. Or paint that is never used. So is the man of faith who does no good deeds. A light without power. A well without water. Faith without works. These are all the same. Food that never reaches the hungry. A cure never administered. Love never shared. Faith without action. How can these things change the world? Sometimes we don't, we're not able to achieve what we've been purposed to achieve because sometimes we overthink it too much because sometimes we start from here and then we think, oh, that's really, really big rather than starting from, you know, making little steps and growing in those little steps and building and building and building. And we've been encouraged, and this is really, really important because we've been encouraged to go out there and make a difference. We've been encouraged that what we're learning in here, we will go out there and actually do something with it. And Ralph's got a testimony to share with us this morning. And yeah. I personally feel really excited about this testimony. So I hope, I hope it really encourages you too. Yeah. It says, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't always think about it. Move into action. Yeah. Move into action. Yeah. I've got uh, uh, something I want to tell you. On Friday, 
those who know what I do, I drive. Yeah, I drive and I meet so many people and it's, it's an opportunity. You know, sometimes we say, we say that we need that opportunity. We need that um, environment to be able to speak to people. So Friday, I got a job. I was working. I was in Clayton. I said, oh, it's quiet there. Let me move to Open Show. I got a job. And I went and I saw a lady. And for the past three or four weeks, I've been picking the same lady. And the last time I picked her, she said, oh, you know, I'm in the hospital and she said, she's in the hospital. She comes home once a week. And then just like a day, a day off, and then goes back to the hospital. So we talked. She told me, oh, this, that, this, that. And then I dropped her last week. And then as we always say, oh, God, touch her, touch her, and so on. But yesterday I went there. And then when she saw me, she said, you again. <laughs> no, no, not yesterday, Friday. She said, you again. And I say, mm, it's not a coincidence, isn't it? Because you come home once a week, and every time you come home, I'm the one who comes to pick you to hospital. So she sat in the car and started talking that, oh, she's still in the hospital. So I asked, so how are things going? She said, oh, six weeks now, they can't see what, they can't find out what is wrong with me. And they keep trying, you know, test for cancer, test for liver, test for this, test for that. Everything comes back negative. But she keeps bloating and she keeps, you know, having, you know, a fluid, you know, retention of water in her body and so on. And they are not doing anything. They have to leave her to cut the long story short. So she had to inform some um, external bodies in the hospital to come and try and intervene for them, the doctors to speed up. But because it looks like they are not really, really bothered or they're just letting time pass by. So she was going on and on and on, and I said, can I speak to you from my heart? That's what I said. Can I speak to you from my heart? He said, yeah, talk. He said, I said, I'm a Christian, and I want to look at things from a different point of view, a different, different perspective. Do you, be, do you believe that God can heal you? She said, yes. That is why I said that is, there's something different about you. And you know, it's like life just came into her body. She said, yes, that is why I said there was, there's something wrong. About, there's something different about you. That is why I said, why do you keep coming to pick me all the time? Talk to me. And you know, I was surprised. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I realized that, you know, the opportunities come. God creates this, you know, the, the environment for us to bring that difference. So, now I said, okay, don't worry, I'll pray for you. But as we continue our journey, I want to talk to you about God, about Christ. So I started talking to her, and she was full of joy. It's, it's like somebody who is not sick. But when she was coming into the car, she was you know, very she was so joyful listening. I was telling her about Christ, about this. And I said, I'll, when, I'll, I, when we get there, I'll pray for you. And don't think your situation is hopeless. Because when, I was, when my son was two years old, he also had the same problem. No, he was sick in hospital and there were so many uh, machines around him. It got to a time, the last point where the doctors came and said, we don't know what to do again. And it's like, I remember one of the lady doctors was saying, the guy is just wasting away. And, you know, our pastor came, we prayed for him and a day or two later, they said, ah, we don't know what happened. He started responding to treatment. And I said, look, 
if this can happen and you see my son now and it's like he's never been ill he doesn't fall sick his immune system is perfect then i know god can then she said i believe it i know i'll get healed and i'll look for your church and i'll come to your church and it was it was really surprising and i realized that over the past number of weeks that i've been picking her it was opportunity to speak to her but i was letting it slip by I was letting time slip by. And you don't know what will happen next week. But this time around, I got prompted. You know, like last week or two weeks ago, Pastor Tony was saying, we, we should be, we should pray for that consciousness. Yeah. That consciousness to know what is around us, yeah. what is happening around us, to be able to rise up for the situation. Yeah. Because, you know, God has prepared everything for us or prepared the situation for us. But there has to be a mouth that will speak into the situation there has to be a mouth i wasn't dwelling on i want you to get healed so that you come to church i was trying to let her know that there's something different there's christ and there's something different and when i said everything to her she rather turned around and said look i'm going to get well and i'm going to look for where you go to church and i'm going to come there and she was talking and Oh, I was so glad and i realized that sometimes we think too much because the previous week when i she, when, when, when I was dropping her, I was thinking, should I say anything? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? And then dropped her. And I said in my head, oh, God bless her. God heal her. But that didn't make any difference, isn't it? But this time, I took that bold action. And when, when I dropped her, we, we stopped. I said, let me pray for you now. I said, oh, yeah, pray for me. I Just pray for me. And sometimes we think too much about what people will do or how they will react. But you never know how they react till you start something, isn't it? And I was surprised. I was amazed the way she reacted and the way she received me. And that is what I want to encourage us this morning with. That don't let us think, we shouldn't think too much about what we are going to say. When I started speaking to her, I realized it wasn't myself. You know, it wasn't myself because I'm obeying the spirit. And it it made an impact. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Tracy. If you want to pray for her. yeah, let's pray for her yeah. that she gets well and you never know how it will end up thank you that's yeah. that's really powerful when you know we've already started praying for tracy because we want to see what god has started to completion amen we want to see her give her life to christ and we want to see her in church amen so that is not just the end of it it doesn't stop once you speak to people you know you continue to pray for them amen yeah. now you know just kind of launching from where Ralph was, I'll kind of ask him, why, what are some of the things that stop us from changing our environment? You know, Ralph's environment was in his taxi. And, you know, he touched one life that night. And, you know, even if it's just one person, Christ will still die for that one person. And it's one person at a time. You know, if, even if every Friday he speaks to one person, in a year, how many people is that? Amen. And, you know, look, going back to our next point in terms of if we are going to change our environment, we must be willing to bring what we have, no matter how small. Think about this. We're talking about being salt. You have table salt and you have salt for greeting. Each of them, they're both salt. But they all have their purpose. Amen. The table salt on the dining table, it's, it's rich. 
Its reach is the dinner that everybody's going to eat. And it's enough to salt that food or to salt everyone that sits on the table. The salt for greeting is massive. It's huge. And it can, one track could probably salt the whole of Drosden. But that is its reach. Amen. The table salt is doing its job. The salt in the great machine is also doing its job. We have to do what we have to do, what we're purposed to do, where we find ourselves. Amen. When we begin to make these little steps, then our steps begin to grow. Then our reach begin to grow. Amen. And then something that we once found daunting is no longer. Ralph wouldn't have known the joy of speaking to this lady if he never, you know, went ahead and spoke to her. He wouldn't have had that feeling. He wouldn't have known. Amen. And if you look at John 6, 5, from verse 5 to 14, it talks about the little boy with the five loaves and two fishes. It says, Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to, the, to test, for he himself knew what he would do. Before Christ asks us to do something, he knows what he's going to do. And it can only be good. Amen. He knows. So we don't need to worry. Amen. Because greater is he that is in us and that, than that he that is in the world. Amen. So he knows. So that should give us some confidence. That even as we begin to extend our reach, God already knows. Amen. You're not alone. He is with you. And he's going to guide your path. He's going to teach you what to say and what not to say. He's going to teach you what to do. Amen. Because at the end of the day, the glory is for him. Amen. Continuing, he said, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. And that one of them may have little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, brother said to him, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a lad here who has five barely loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Sometimes it's not up to us to decide what's enough and what's not enough. Because we have the God who is enough with us. Amen. So you may have just five loaves and two fishes this morning. Or you may have just that where you are. But that is enough for God to multiply. Amen. But you have to be willing to offer it first. If you keep it, then it will forever be five loaves and two fishes. And you will never know the potential that that has. But if you are willing to offer it, not being afraid of what you're losing or what's going to be the consequences of that, then only then would you be marveled at what God can do. Amen. God, when you move back to Moses, when Moses had to face, go, go and face Pharaoh, and he was so worried, God said to him, what do you have in your hand? And he had a rod. But from that rod, which he's been carrying for years, not realizing the purpose or the potential of that rod, God was able to use that rod to do mighty things. Amen. You will not know what God can do until you are able and willing to offer what you have. Do not underestimate it. You might be doing it shaking and shriveling, you know, but people might just say no. But then somebody might say, yes, yes, yes. This is what I've been looking for. You just don't know. 
Amen. You know, if you look at our position sometimes, we do things or we are in places without thinking twice. We go to work because we think it pays the, you know, it gives us a paycheck at the end of the day. But it's a great, great field. Amen. And there's a great harvest. You know, Ralph mentioned about social media. Not all of us are into social media, but we are in contact with people all the time. And if I take myself as an example, I play tennis and I'm in a tennis league. Now, not until recently, I just thought that I was in a tennis league and I just enjoy playing tennis. So I just go and play. I meet different people. We play competitively. And at the end of the day, it's a a handshake at the net, whether I win or lose. But just recently, out of all the things I've been going on, I've just begun to look at things very, very differently. That this is my reach. I am not just here to play for tennis. Maybe it's in my head, I'm just here to play tennis. But when I begin to look at things through the eyes of Christ, when I begin to look at things, people through the eyes of Christ, I just begin to realize this is more than just playing tennis. This is more than just make me having an exercise or enjoying something. So what I've started doing is whenever I go and play tennis, I go out of my way to speak to people a bit more. It goes beyond the handshake. I just ask them questions. Are you new in Manchester? Have you been here long? What's going on with you? Some of them, they have my number. I say, if you want to play anytime, just give me a call. But it's not because of that. It's more than that. Because I have a bigger purpose, a higher mission. And the mission is to get you to Christ. Amen. And not just that, but what I've begun to do is now I've had, I've got a list. Now people that I meet, that I talk to and I engage with, I take them into prayer. Because sometimes when you pray for people and you show God that you truly care and that you have compassion, God begins to open up things to you that you do not, you would not realize. Amen. Praying for people that I've only just met is is an important part of what we've been called to do. Because that's how God can speak to you about what's in that person's life. About that word that you can speak. That will be so specific. They will ask you, how did you know about this? Pray for me about this. Amen. So I've begun gathering a list. And I am praying that all this list, I will see them come to Christ. Amen. That God will give me my sincere prayer. That God will give me the opportunity to open up Christ to them. Amen. That is the plan. Amen. The next point is that you must not be afraid to share your story or testimony if you're going to change your environment. Amen. You know, Ralph shared our story of how Daniel was so ill with this lady. You demonstrate that our God is able and he can work. Sometimes, you know, some of us, we're so private, we don't want to share our story. Or our story might have elements that we don't want people to know. You know, Paul shared his testimony last week. He might not have felt like sharing it, but it might have blessed somebody. You just don't know. So don't be afraid to share your story. Because it might be your story that just opens up a door for you to get an inroad into somebody's spiritual walk with God. Amen. Amen. So don't be afraid. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, it's such a powerful, powerful, powerful story. You know, when Jesus, after Jesus spoke, we're not going to read it. But when Jesus spoke to her, she went, she left her pot and went back to the town and said, come and see a man who told me everything about me you know it might not have been a very nice story 
but she was very happy to go and share it. And because of the Bible says that the whole town came to meet Jesus. Amen. And they said, now we believe not just because she told us, but because we've seen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then if we're going to have an impact on our reach, we must be carrier of his presence. We must remain in him. Amen. If you read John 15 from verse 1, it says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So we cannot, on our own, we cannot bear fruit. And understanding that alone should give us some consolation and some confidence that it is not of ourselves. Amen. It is Christ that is with us. Amen. So we're not doing this by our own power or by our own strength. It is Christ that works in us. And because of that, that should shift the whole responsibility of how things turn around unto Christ. You obey, you act, and Christ gives the increase. Amen. And he says that neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Amen. We will bear much fruit if we abide in him. Amen. We want to bear fruit. We want to go out there and make disciples just as we have been made disciples by Christ. Amen. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified that ye bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Amen. Christ's expectation of us is that we will bear much fruit. Amen. But he has also given us all the support and everything that we need to be able to bear that fruit. We don't have to overthink it because it's not of our own doing. We don't have to overcomplicate it because all we just need to do is to obey and watch Christ do his work. If we don't do it, if we don't begin to change the way we look at our everyday life and embed this way of living as part of our lifestyle every day i'm walking to the supermarket but i'm not just going to the supermarket amen i'm looking to see what god wants to do i'm looking to see what god is saying if we're going to i don't know work i'm not just going to work if i'm going to play football i'm not just going to play football if we begin to change and begin to add god's purpose as we step out of this house of our house each day it's about god's purpose god what are you doing today what are you saying today how can i impact my environment if we begin to make these little steps we will begin to change our environment and then we'll be able to extend our reach amen, amen. yeah i want to say you know um like this in this morning's prayer meeting Kat said something which I, I was also thinking about it during the week you know We've heard the word so many times about we moving out, 
attending the church inside out, yeah. you know, standing at the crossroads, or just name it. We've heard so many things. But it's not just about hearing. It's about also doing. Yeah. And it's, a, it's about taking that first step. You said, there's a saying, a, a journey of thousand miles begins with a step, isn't it? It's just taking that first step. Sometimes it's very difficult taking that first step. But once you take that first step, you realize that, oh, it wasn't difficult after all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Friday when I spoke to this woman, I realized, oh, it's not that difficult after all. Yeah. We think too much. Yeah. It's not that difficult after all. The only worst thing they can say is no. Mm-hmm. And no doesn't do anything to you, isn't it? But at least you've done what you need to do. Yeah. We need to make this part of our system, yeah. part of our daily work. Yeah. Not, it's like, you know, when, when it's part of you, Nobody prompts you or nobody, you know, you have that consciousness that now I'm, 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 I'm going to make it part of my destiny. That I have that consciousness that anybody who sits in my taxi, any opportunity to bring something, I'll bring something to the person. Yeah. You, you, you can only say no and go away. Yeah. But if you say yes, that's a plus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And one thing we have to know is that when you go to, I think, Daniel chapter 11, 32 or something, it says that those who know their God shall work strong, shall be strong and do great exploits. It's not those who know about God or who know about their God. Those who know their God. So we have to get up to that position of knowing God. Knowing what he stands for, what he can do, what he does. Those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Great exploits can be, you know, you can explain it, you know. It it can be anything. And that is where we have to get to. That is where we have to get to. And I believe we will get there. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just be a church in draws and that goes and comes back. But we need to make an impact, a difference in the community. Hallelujah. So, what we're trying to say this morning, we're trying to encourage you to say that it's not, it's not difficult. And don't overthink it. We're trying to say that you already have all it takes to bring the word, to bring Christ to people. Amen. To people around you. You're already light, so you shine. And you're already attracting people. You're already salt, so you're able to salt every situation around you. You already have something. God has already given us any something, but be willing to give it. Because if you're not willing to give it, then God cannot do anything with it. We're asking, we're saying, if you look at a bowl, if you look at tables, a table salt, and you, you take a bowl of water, If you put all that in there, it will salt that water. It might not be able to salt the river or the canal, but it can salt something. Amen. So are we because we are involved in so many different things. It doesn't have to only be social media. It can be everyday things that we are part of. But that requires us to change our thinking and to change the purpose for which we step out or wake up every morning thinking that this morning that I've woke up, it is for Christ and I can step out and just be the light that I am and just be the salt that I am in every situation and in all my surroundings. Amen. Amen. Are you encouraged? Have any of you been to Ikea? Silly question, Paul. Of course we've been to Ikea. They have meatballs. Um, no, 
but there's one, there's one, there's one, uh, as, as they were talking, an image flashed in my mind of when you, there's a, there's a, there's a, a section in Ikea where it's all the lights and there's just millions of them. Absolutely tons of them. You've got the fairy lights, the love heart lights, you've got the little lights, you've got the big massive lights, you've got all these different, there's just tons of different lights. But there was one bit that I remember seeing and it had, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, like a, a, a line of different light bulbs and different light bulbs have a different, they have like a different kind of light. And when you're choosing your, the colours of your room, depending on what, you can put the same colour under different light bulbs and it can change, you know, that, how it kind of looks. And the thing is, is this, the source of every one of those lights is the same. It's the same source, but the size and the way it affects its environment is slightly different. Why? Because we're all made unique. We're all made different. There are different types of light bulbs. There are different types of light. There are different types of people. But each one is set up to affect an environment in a different way. You and I, the same source, the same life, the same God is, is what needs to take us out there. But I will reach the, whether you're, you know, we heard in the, those of you in the prayer and we talked about how we must stand up for different things. So it might be that your, what, how you shine your light, it will appear differently depending on whether, how God sends you. Your, your thing might be justice in one area. It might be social media. It might be uh, a one-on-one. It might be the elder. It might be the young. The way you talk, the way you reflect your light will be different. But the principle is your light is shining on something. Your light is affecting someone and something. And it's, um, it was brilliant to hear the testimony about Ralph and his taxi. He's just sat in his taxi. It's one person. You know, we talk about let's go and, and touch the nations. Let's go and touch this. But what about Jews? What about David? What about, you know, because our community has a name. They have names. It's there's Beryl, there's Dennis, there's, there's Jordan, there's and all the other young, you know, crazy young names that the, the, the kids get these days is, is Apple, you know, is Princess Fajita, you know, all that kind of stuff. We all have, they have names and they are lives and all God's asking us is to just be open and willing, as these guys have shown. doesn't matter whether you go to play tennis. doesn't matter whether you go and, and you go to a railway club or you, you go to an exercise or whether you go and paint or whether you do anything. It doesn't really matter what you do. In my job, I see millions of people, but how many am I willing to speak to? And it's that principle of be mo- don't be so worried about... We know that not everyone will accept our message. The Bible tells us that. But let's not be worried about those who say no, but let's find those who will say yes. Let's find those who are waiting for someone like Ralph. That lady came to life because she'd been waiting for someone to bring her hope. And there are people, we, if, we, if we assume, you will always assume no. But it's time to start assuming yes. It's time to start assuming that these people could say yes. Because what my God is can do, he did it in me, he can do it in them. Amen? So let's just stand to our feet and let's just begin to pray. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Irene, for encouraging us, for challenging us. Because it is a challenge. Some of us have been in church for so long and we've, we've listened to so many, you know, the dimensions of Zion and this and that and the other. But you know what? Sometimes it's just, let's just go and say, hi, my name's Paul. You know, 
I just want to let you know Jesus loves you. I just want, and I just want to do something nice for you so that when you say, why are you so nice? Well, let me tell you why I'm nice. Let me tell you why I'm different. Let's not be those who blend in. Let's be, let's be the people that God has made us to be because he made you how you are because he wanted to make you like that. So don't be afraid of who you are. Don't be afraid of who Christ made you to be. But let's just simply and imperfectly go and represent Christ. So Father, right now, let's just raise our hands. Lord God, Father, right now, you are the salt and light of the earth. And my God, you, you use us as your vessels to bring salt and light into that. My God, let us be known as a city on a hill. Let this house be known as a place where light, the people are full of life. The people are different. They are a peculiar people, but not in a negative way because they're kind, they're warm, they're loving. They speak differently, but it brings life, but it attracts something of hope, of life because it's Jesus Christ. My God, right now, let us not be the assumers of no, but let us assume yes. Father, take the faith, the portion of faith that you've given us. And Father, we, we say this morning, Father, give us the boldness to go. Well, my God, we say right now, Lord, we will, we will go. We will go. Guys, you need to make a decision in your own hearts this morning. Say, God, I'm scared, but I'll go. I'll go. One person at a time. One person at a time. My God, give me an opportunity this week. Ask God, I dare you now this morning. Ask God for an opportunity to speak to one person. Just one person. It doesn't mean you're going to preach the entire gospel in one, mo- in one moment. But just start the process. My God, right now. Put it on our hearts. Make us aware of every opportunity. Make us aware of every person that you want us to touch this week, my God. And give us the boldness to be able to go out and begin to just say hello. And begin to just say, how are you? Just to say, how can I help? Just to say something that you want us to do, God. May we no longer be a church that are silent, but a church that speak and demonstrate your life. Almighty God, we thank you that as you created us imperfect, you don't expect us to be perfect. But my God, it is your perfection that allows our imperfections to not get in the way of your love in reaching other people. So my God, we thank you that you are the overcomer of our imperfections. We are the, some of you guys need to know, he is the overcomer of your imperfection. You might be an imperfect being. You do not have to be a perfect Christian before you can speak to another person about Christ. In fact, we are all imperfect, but let's go anyway. Let's go anyway, knowing he is the overcomer of our imperfection. And it is him who will give us the strength and the life that will touch other people. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you. And Lord, right now, I, dec- I, I say thank you ahead of time for the testimonies that will come for the lives that will be transformed for the people who walk through this door and will say Jesus touched my life in the most strangest of ways in the most simplest of circumstances but my God I thank you that X, Y and Z was willing to say something my God let that be the testimonies that come through this door week in week out oh my God we thank you keep us Keep us, oh God, in your, in your presence as we keep us, you in our presence, oh God. Keep be with us as we go out and we do this in your name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed, guys. So.